Welcome to the Small Business Commission meeting on September 12th, 2022. The meeting is being called to order at 4.43 p.m. The meeting is being held in person in City Hall, room 400, and broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view online or listen to by calling 415-655-0001. As authorized by California Government Code 54953E and Mayor Breed's 45th supplement to her February 25th, 2020 emergency proclamation, it is possible that some members of the Small Business Commission may attend this meeting remotely. In that event, those members will participate and vote by video. The Small Business Commission thanks Media Services and SFGov TV for televising the meeting, which can be viewed on SFGov TV too or live streamed at sfgovtv.org. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the end of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Members of the public who will be calling in, the number is 415-655-0001. Access code is 2484-888-3081. Press pound and then pound again to be added to the line. When connected, you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you dial star three before public comment is called, you'll be added to the queue. When you are called for public comment, please mute the device that you are listening to the meeting on. When it is your time to speak, you'll be prompted to do so. Public comment during the meeting is limited to three minutes per speaker. An alarm will sound once the time has finished. Speakers are requested but not required to state their names. SFGov TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. Today, we will begin with the reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small business in San Francisco. The Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with Small Business Matter, particularly at this time, you can find us online or via phone. And as always, our services are free of charge. Before item one is called, I'd like to start by thanking Media Service and SFGovTV for coordinating this virtual hearing and helping to run the meeting. Carrie, please call item one. Item one, roll call. Commissioner Carter is absent. Commissioner Dickerson. Present. Commissioner Herbert? Present. Commissioner Huey? Here. President Laguana is absent. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Here. And Vice President Zazunas is absent. We have a quorum. I want to take this time to read the Ramatushaloni land acknowledgement. The San Francisco Small Business Commission and Office Small Business Staff acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living, working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, relatives, of the Ramatushaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Carrie, please call item two. 
Item two, approval of legacy business registry applications and resolutions. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve legacy business registry applications. Presenting today, we have Richard Carrillo, legacy business program manager with the Office of Small Business. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners, city staff, members of the public. I'm Richard Carrillo, legacy business program manager. Take this off. I'd like to acknowledge Michelle Reynolds, who helps with the Legacy Business Program and with marketing and communications for the Office of Small Business. Michelle was instrumental in helping review, collate, and process the Legacy Business Registry applications before you today. SFGov TV, I have a PowerPoint presentation. Before you today are five applications for your consideration for the Legacy Business Registry. Each application includes a staff report, a draft resolution, the application itself, and a case report and resolution from the planning department. The applications were submitted to planning on July 20th and heard by the Historic Preservation Commission on August 17th. Item 2A is Outpost Studios. The business is an independent post-production and recording studio in the Embarcadero neighborhood that opened in October 1996. Outpost Studios provides affordable recording and editing services for music, podcasts, audiobooks, TV, and film. Further, it has the only Foley stage in San Francisco where the reproduction of everyday sound effects are added to films, videos, and other media in post-production. The business is well known in the industry and its founders have helped advance audio engineering technology working with larger, well-known audio technology companies to refine new digital audio tools. Although the business is not yet 30 years old, it is eligible for listing on the Legacy Business Registry because it, it has operated in San Francisco for more than 20 years, significantly contributed to the history and identity of the city, and if not included in the registry, would face significant risk of displacement. Outpost Studios already lost their lease in April 2022 and had to move around the block. The core feature tradition the business must maintain to remain on the legacy business registry is recording studio. Item 2B is Piedmont Boutique. The business is a clothing store in Haight-Ashbury selling women and men's clothing, accessories, and costumes, first opened in October 1972. Piedmont Boutique carries a large inventory of shirts, pants, skirts, hot pants, leggings, jackets, jewelry, wigs, hats, and costumes for any occasion, attracting a diverse group of patrons from San Francisco, the Bay Area, and beyond. Its clothing and accessory inventory is primarily made up of products that are manufactured in the United States and that are designed by the business itself. Piedmont Boutique has been the chosen outfitter of many groups, including the Gay Men's Chorus, San Francisco Opera, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and the Imperial Court of San Francisco, to name a few. A distinctive feature of the storefront is the iconic pair of legs wearing fishnet tights and red high heels projecting from a second story window above Piedmont Boutique's storefront, which were installed in 1995. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is clothing store. Item 2C is PO Plus. The business is a retail shipping mailbox 
rental and business services store opened in 1982 where customers can supplement their home offices, notarize important documents, pick up packages, and buy last-minute gifts. As one of the oldest LGBTQ-owned and operated business, businesses in Castro, PO Plus not only provides essential neighborhood services, but also contributes to the sense of community and belonging in the area. Affectionately known as the Gay Post Office, PO Plus receives mail for more than 2,000 private mailbox customers. As work from home has become increasingly common, customers have turned to PO Plus's suite of computers, printers, fax machines, scanners, and shredders to help conduct business. In recent years, PO Plus has also expanded its gift offerings and card selections to complement its core mail and shipping services. PO Plus is an essential member of the Castro Merchants and a longtime supporter of numerous community-serving organizations. The core feature of tradition the business must maintain is Postal Store. Item 2D is Pops Bar. The business is a local neighborhood bar in the Mission District founded in 1937 that sells crafted mixed drinks, liquor, beers, and other merchandise. Pops Bar has served a range of communities who have lived around this area, which includes an underground bar in the 1930s, an Irish post-World War II flyboy bar in the 1940s and 1950s, to the Latino community in the present. The business has always adapted to its community. Pops Bar opens at 6 a.m. to provide a space for those working graveyard or non-regular scheduled jobs to decompress after a long night shift. And the bar has hosted weddings, memorial services, and other theme nights. Additionally, Pops Bar connects with local artists to create their online apparel store. During the COVID-19 pandemic, they had local artists and designers design and create their outdoor seating area and parklet. The core feature tradition the bar uh, business must maintain is bar. Item 2E is St. John Coltrane Church. The organization is a religious community and jazz organization that was founded in 1977, but traces its roots back to the 1960s in Bayview, Hunters Point. John Coltrane is the patron saint of St. John Coltrane Church, which is a hub of spiritual life, chronicler of jazz, um, jazz history, and advocate for justice. The organization holds weekly meditation services on Coltrane consciousness, hosts a weekly radio program on the life and music of John Coltrane, and produces annual concerts at Grace Cathedral celebrating his birthday and ascension. The organization is committed to not only celebrating the cultural legacy of John Coltrane and jazz music in San Francisco, but also supporting the local ecosystem of Bay Area musicians so that jazz can continue to thrive here. The church is currently transitioning from the Fillmore District to a new space in Fort Mason. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is faith-based organization. All five businesses met the three criteria required for listing on the Legacy Business Registry, and all five received a positive recommendation from the Historic Preservation Commission. Legacy Business Program staff recommends adding the businesses to the registry and has drafted five resolutions for your consideration. A motion in support of the businesses should be framed as a motion in favor of the resolutions. Thank you. This concludes our presentation. We're happy to answer any questions, and there may there are business representatives in the room who would like to speak on behalf 
of the applications during public comment and possibly some online as well. Great, thank you. Uh, com commissioners, do we have any uh, comments or questions? We can also make comments afterwards. Yeah, okay. Uh, seeing people hit buttons, but it's not popping up on my screen. Commissioner Huey, did you? Uh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, fine, good enough. Is there any public comment? Go ahead, come on up. Any public commenters can come to the front. Hi, I'm Dave Nelson, owner of Outpost Studios, and thank you very much. It's an amazing honor, and as probably we all know, living in San Francisco is just a lot of hard work, and I've really never expected or asked to be recognized for it, but uh, it's pretty emotional, <laughs> I have to say. It's a, I feel you know, honored. Uh, also, uh, I feel amazing that I'm with the Church of John Coltrane because when I was a young man, I was a guitar player, and I heard John Coltrane play saxophone, and I never played guitar again, and I switched to saxophone. <laughs> so there's something about the arc of this moment that is not lost on me. So uh, just thank you very much, and I'm, you know, I love being a San Franciscan, and I think we're in the best place on earth right now. Thank you. Hello, Commissioners. My name is uh, Michael Krause, and I am one of the partners of Pops Bar, and I call, uh, thank you, um, I'm one of a long line of custodians for the bar since it's been there since 1937, and uh, we're doing this for the next custodians down the line who take over, because any business, whatever you're in, that has been around for 85 years, deserves uh, another 85 years to thrive and to integrate itself into the community, which we've tried to do. So thank you. This is uh, something we need and we appreciate and we'll uh, be proud of. Thank you. I believe we have one public commenter on the line. Great. Commenter, please proceed. Commenter, please proceed. Okay. Uh, commissioners, do we have any comment? Commissioner Ortiz, Cart oh, sorry, public comment is closed. Uh, commissioners, do we have any comment? Commissioner Ortiz, Cartagena. Thank you, President Logano. Um, congratulations to everybody here. Thank you for coming out. Pops, the neighborhood bar, born and raised, I actually, uh, you just triggered a memory during the 89 earthquake. I was playing in front of the Pops Bar on the York Street side, and I remember running. And I remember um, after the earthquake, Pops was kind of like giving refreshments out to a lot of BART passengers that kind of wandered off all the way from the 24th Street BART. And um, obviously, as an adult, I have other memories that I'm not going to speak on in <laughs> public comment. But um, that's just what that business has been couple of the friends that I grew up with, they were part of the stewards in the 80s. So what I'm saying is um, it's just awesome to see a San Francisco business and, and to demonstrate what community is, right? Thick, thin, fun, disasters. That's what San Francisco is all about. So thank you. Let's 
So not seeing any other comments, um, I'll, I'll just say, uh, as a former musician, I'm, I'm always thrilled to see uh, any, any kind of, of business that can survive 30 plus years while, while focusing on music and, and certainly um, uh, recording studios these days in, in particular. It's, it's a very tough business to uh, stay afloat in and, and it sounds like you've had your challenges with uh, rent and, and being able to um, sustain yourself. So I'm uh, very happy to hear that uh, you've been able to continue and um, find a way to persevere and, and that's fantastic. And, and also speaking as a musician, um, John Coltrane Ch Church is just absolutely legendary. Um, you know, we, we used to go there when, uh, too many years ago that I don't want to talk about, but uh, back when it was on um, Goff, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then it moved over to Divisadero for a while. Maybe I'm getting the order mixed up, but um, just a, an incredible institution. Um, so great to see that you guys are still doing what you do. Um, I love it so much, so thank you. Uh, commissioners, do we have a motion? Motion. I'm, I'm sorry. I move to approve all of them. I'd second it. Motion by Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena, seconded by Commissioner Dickerson. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter is absent. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes. Commissioner Huey. Yes. President Laguana. Yes. And Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. Vice President Zuzunas is absent. Uh, motion passes. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, next item, please. Item three, first year free program update. This is a discussion item. The commission will hear an update on the first year free program from the Office of the Tax of the Treasurer and Tax Collector. Presenting today, we have Amanda Freed and Hafiza Salabai with the Office of the Treasurer and Tax Collector. Hi right, guys, you have the floor, go ahead. Thank you. And let me just put up your slides. Sure, thanks. Sorry about that. You can just say next slide and I'll change it. Thank you so much. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Hafiza Salabai, and I have helped manage the first year free program along with Amanda Freed at the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office. Um, we're very excited to be here today to share updated first year free data, um, proposed changes to the legislation, and the next steps as we move into the next phase of first year free. We are very grateful for your partnership to make this as seamless as possible. Next slide, please. The information here breaks down the total number of permits or fees waived by department. 
For the period between November 1st and July 31st, 2022, we've had a total of 1,173 first-year free enrollments. We waived over $377,000 in fees for over 1,100 different types of permits and fees issued by various departments. Of these permits issued, 30% were businesses in the food industry. Next slide, please. Going forward, enrollment process for businesses eligible for first year free will remain the same. We are trying to make it as easy as possible for businesses as possible. No extra paperwork or forms that they need to be filled out. Similarly, enrollment will remain automatic and immediate so long as a business opts in. After registering their business or adding a new location, they will get an immediate email or a later in letter explaining that they are part of the first year free program. For new businesses, they will enroll through the new business registration process. And for existing businesses, they will enroll through account update when they add a new location. Next slide, please. In April, we partnered with Office of Small Businesses to survey all businesses qualified for the first year free to understand where they are in their opening journey and to troubleshoot any issues they were experiencing. Overall, we received positive feedback appreciating the program and supporting small businesses. Next slide, please. Under the existing first year free program, there were many businesses who qualified but did not get any permits costs waived. We thought this was happening because our eligibility criteria was too limiting. We are very excited to share that Supervisor Ronin is sponsoring the legislative changes and we expect it to be introduced tomorrow. Here are the changes we have proposed to the board. We have proposed amending the program by waiving certain first year permits, license and business registration retroactive to November 1st, 2021, to extend the program through June 30th, 2023 and increase the maximum gross receipts to qualify for the tax and fee waiver to 5 million instead of 2 million. We also know there has been confusion about the definition of ground floor. For example, like food trucks. So we have proposed to change the definition of ground floor by extending it to all commercial use locations. This would include food trucks, basements, farmers market stalls, and more. Next slide. Here's a table to show projected increase in number of eligible businesses based on gross receipts. We projected an additional 1,627 eligible businesses for first year free through June 30, 2023, if we just extended the time frame and didn't change the gross receipts threshold or expend to all commercial locations. If we increase the maximum gross receipts to qualify from $2 million to $5 million and include those who started November 1st, 2021 through June 30th, 2022, then we projected over 900 ineligible businesses. <clears throat> Next slide, please. Now the big question is, how will the proposed changes impact the workload for departments? Well, for the most part, verifying first-year free applicants should remain the same. Businesses will bring their letter or email to permitting agencies like DBI, DBW, or DPH, and tell them that they're enrolled in first year free to get fees waived on the spot. Alternatively, they can simply share their business account number with staff and the staff can look up their eligibility. 
departmental staff do not need to rely on the letter or email. Because the proposed changes are retroactive to November 1st, 2021, we understand this will require some manual work from departmental staff. Additionally, departments will also see an increase in refund requests for those businesses that will qualify under the proposed changes, mostly for those that have gross receipts between two to $5 million and those that were not on ground floor. Next slide, please. To roll out the new changes, we plan on setting up meetings with all departments to do refresher trainings and update them on legislative changes. Additionally, we will automate the process as much as possible by identifying businesses that may be eligible based on gross receipts and we'll be reaching out to them. We will also update our website, share social media content, and create flyers to let businesses know. Next slide, please. We want to make sure all small, businesses, small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs know of the proposed changes and we will need your help to spread the word. We will have outreach materials available for you to distribute. These flyers and social media content will be available by neighborhood to make it especially salient for different parts of the city. If you don't see your neighborhood or think we're missing content, please let us know. You can also refer people to our website, sftreasure.org forward slash first year free, or have them call 311 for more information. Next slide, please. Thank you for your time. We really rely on groups like the Small Business Commission to help spread the word to stakeholders and to provide feedback over how the program is working. We are so grateful for your partnership and help. Please reach out to us anytime. Thank you, and we're happy to take any questions. Great, thank you. Commissioners? Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Thank you for the presentation and just thank you overall. The program, at least on the ground in the Mission District, huge success. It's been pretty, pretty easy, which in San Francisco, you know, we make things difficult as possible, right? But this has been a great program. I, I had a technical question uh, business asked me. So let's say I have a band number and they open an additional location. And let's say they're doing a build out with DBI do they get the permit fee for that new location or not? Does that qualify as? If they're adding a new location? Yes, completely. Yeah. You know, they added a new, like, LIN number. Mm -hmm. And if they qualify for, if they, if they meet all the criteria, mm -hmm. then they should be able to um, qualify cool. for the program. Cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, I, I love this program so much uh, and was delighted to work with Supervisor Ronan. Um, you know, I, I guess my understanding is this idea came out of some conversations with the Small Business Commission. Um, and uh, so obviously I'm biased towards thinking it's, it's a good program, but um, it is a good program. It's a great program. Uh, what I recall from the original uh, presentations is that we were expecting the um, initial outlay in year one to, I, I think, uh, five million was the original projection, or maybe it was six million to... Uh, Commissioner, I don't remember the exact number. I will say in our report to the board, we were surprised at how little was spent under this program. Um, part of that was there was not a lot of good information when we were creating this program, and that was some of what we worked mm -hmm. together on was right. why is it so hard to figure out how much small businesses are paying to open up a business? Um, and so we've seen a lot of insight. We've also partnered really closely with the Office of Small Business and the Permit Center to try to understand are there businesses that should be qualifying that aren't or that are qualified but aren't right. getting their permit costs waived? 
all of that is also happening, and so we're sort of troubleshooting along the way. Um, but generally, I mean, I guess the overall news is good if businesses are spending a little less than we thought on yeah. some of these costs, um, and we're still looking for other ways to provide relief. Oh, yeah, it, it was yeah. a minute's critique, but like, so first of all, like, it's awesome that we helped 1,173 businesses. That's amazing. Like, I, I mean, every single one of those businesses our local economy needs, and people need those jobs. Uh, it's also amazing that we've saved those businesses hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's not um, an insignificant uh, number. Um, I'm pleased to see that the uh, threshold is being increased from two to three. I'm also very... So the, the, I think the first slide said three, but... Um, no, it's going up to five million retroactively. Going, okay, got it, got it, got it. I saw the yeah. five later. Uh, so great. I love mm -hmm. that it's going up to five, and I love that all businesses are now being included. Um, hopefully that will uh, enable us to use a little bit more of, of that money that had been put aside in the budget for facilitating small business growth. Um, I mean... Um, uh, I'm, I was also very happy to see uh, the outreach that's happening, uh, presumably in multi-language support. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, if there's anything we can do to help with that outreach uh, and, and make sure that the word gets out, um, I know we're going to be uh, we're in, in, in the beginning stages of promoting a survey uh, that we're doing that maybe some of our communications around uh, the survey can also talk about, uh, you know, help guide people towards... Uh, this amazing program that's hopefully encouraging people to uh, start and open more businesses. But uh, the work you guys are doing, we're, we're so happy to have your partnership and support. And it looks like everything's working exactly like we hoped it, it would pan out. And the good news is we have more room to do more for more businesses. So, um, you know, we, we can expand upon that going forward. That's really exciting. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for coming and, and sh sh uh, giving the presentation to us. All right. Is there any public comment on, uh, what is this, item number three? Yes. There are no public commenters on the line. Okay. Seeing none in the room, public comment, no. Yeah. Okay. Public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item four, Board of Supervisors file number 220877, Administrative Code. This is a repeal of legacy business registry fee. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and may take action on an ordinance amending the administrative code to remove the requirement to charge a legacy business registry administrative fee. Okay. Uh, Director Tang, are you presenting this? Yes. Oh, and our staff has returned, but um, happy to share that, you know, when we were looking at uh, different ways we could support small businesses and we wanted to start in-house. Um, so one of the things that we noticed is that uh, businesses have to pay a $50 fee just to um, apply uh, to be on our legacy business registry. And so uh, this language was something that was included uh, in the original ballot measure that voters had passed. And so Fortunately, we learned that we were able to make this change and delete this fee uh, through legislation, through an ordinance at the Board of Supervisors. So right. uh, today at the uh, Board of Supervisors Rules Committee, they had passed it out um, unanimously to the full board. Right. So I know this is a little out of order, but just given the timing, um, we were happy to see that. And um, yeah, just want to urge your um, support of this uh, fee removal. And right. thank you to staff who have worked on this. 
Great. Uh, commissioners, any comment? Okay, I, uh, I'll move to uh, support the uh, administrative code repeal of the fee. I second that. Motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Herbert. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter is absent. Commissioner Jacobson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes. Commissioner Huey. Yes. President Laguana. Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Is out. Um, Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Great. Next item, please. Uh, item five, adoption of parental leave policy to commission rules of order. This is a discussion and action item and the commission will discuss and possibly take action to update their rules of order, article two, section six, to include a parental leave policy. And you can find the language, um, the specific language that you're Great. potentially adding into the bylaws in the and binder. Carrie, do you wanna uh, walk us through this one? Yeah, this came um, from our city attorney's office advising that we clarify and include this language that allows uh, members of the commission to take a parental leave of absence should they need one and have that not count towards their um, attendance. Great, uh, not very controversial. Uh, commissioners, are there any comments or questions? Okay, is there any public comment? There is none. Okay, uh, commissioners, do we have a motion? Oh, we, we have a question. Just a quick clarifying question. So if somebody were to take a parental leave, um, does that see that like um, when it comes to quorum and like other things where like the number of members count, how does that work? They would, uh, I believe they would just be absent and the commission would have to meet quorum without them. Okay. Commissioners, do we have a motion? Uh, I make a motion to adopt the proposed language for Article 2, Section 6 in the bylaws. I'll second it. Uh, motion by Commissioner Huey, seconded by Commissioner Ooh. Herbert. No. Sorry, I couldn't, I, could, I missed who seconded. I second. Lawanda. Commissioner Dickerson, Sorry, thank you. Me, Commissioner Dickerson. <laughs> I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter is absent. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes. Commissioner Huey. Yes. President Laguana. Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. And Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Great. Next item, please. Item six, approval of draft meeting minutes. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve the August 22nd, 2022 commission meeting minutes. Right. Uh, commissioners, uh, I just want to let you note that uh, staff has informed me that the draft included in this agenda is incomplete. So um, I'll be making a motion to continue it until next meeting. Um, is there any commissioner comments or questions? Okay. Is there any public comment? Welcome, sir. Can you set the timer, please, to three minutes? Yes. Sorry. Hold on. Terrific. Hi. My name is Michael Petrellis, and I'm here to uh, strongly object to these draft minutes. 
they do not reflect reality. Um, for public comment, there's just a list of names. There is absolutely nothing there about what we said. The content of our speech has been erased. That is unacceptable. As, as you know, there were many of us here to speak about the resolution regarding another planet and their plans to radically alter the integrity of the Castro Theater. I am holding a sign that says, Save the Seats. It refers to the orchestra seats in this um, beautiful theater that another planet wants to rip out so they can flatten the um, orchestra level and destroy, excuse me, destroy the integrity of this beautiful um, movie palace. Um, uh, we are going to do all we can to save the seats. Um, I have here a 150-word um, statement that you are required by law to include in the minutes. I'll hand it to the secretary when I'm through speaking. In this statement, I am addressing how the president of this commission greatly disrespected the members of the Castro community by waiting until the very last minute to put a bogus resolution before you. The comments um, uh, that you're looking at mention many of you don't even know why that resolution was here. Again, showing how poorly the leadership was from the commissioner. That is unacceptable. We in the Castro community for decades have dealt with trauma from a political assassination of Harvey Milk to AIDS wiping us out to the epidemic of evictions. And then in January, another planet comes in as an interloper with no connections to the community and says they're our saviors. When it took them seven months to hold a town hall meeting, they didn't tell us they were in cahoots with Sharky Laguna with that resolution, but yet emails show he had been in communication with another planet at the time of their town hall meeting. Sharky Laguna owes us an apology for creating more divisions and trauma in the Castro community by what he did and how he put it on your agenda, and now you have omitted what we said unacceptable. Thank you for your comment. Is there any public comment online? There's none. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Uh, commissioners, I'm making a motion to continue the minutes until they can be updated. I second that motion. Motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Herbert. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter's absent. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes. Commissioner Huey. Yes. President Laguana. Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Great. Thank you. Next item, please. Item seven, general public comment. This is a discussion item allowing members of the public on, to comment generally on matters that are within the Small Business Commission's jurisdiction, but not on today's calendar, and suggest new agenda items for the Commission's future consideration. Thank you. Uh, would you like to make your public comment? Hello, Michael Petrellis again, and I'm again holding up a sign that reads, Save the Seats. 
It um, is uh, the three-word slogan that um, we have adopted to um, say, reject another planet's plan to rip out the seats in the orchestra at the Castro Theater. Now, I believe this commission has an interest in uh, helping small businesses. And I'm here to tell you how to do it. Put a resolution before yourselves calling on Greg Perloff, the CEO of APE, to start holding monthly town halls at his theater. You want to bring the community together? It starts with changing another planet. It took them seven months to hold their first town hall. And at the end of that town hall, when I asked them, when is your next town hall? There was silence. That is not how you build confidence in the Castro to radically alter that theater. Please put a resolution before yourselves saying Greg Perloff needs to meet monthly in his theater in a town hall meeting open to all. That would be a start. Right now, they're not communicating transparently. It is harming the collective psyche of our community. It is also harming the small businesses today by the trauma we are going through. Now, um, I want to address plan B. Let's say APE gets all those permits. They're going to change the um, orchestra. A, uh, a two-year period ensues in the Castro, a mess of two years on the Castro while all the renovations are taking place, and then Greg Perloff is holding his um, events. What if no one comes? What if there is no trickle-down economic benefit as we see at the Golden Gate Theater and at the Warfield? Greg Perloff said on KQED, if he gets his way, he will have 120 nights of shows at the Castro Theater. What about the hundreds of other nights when that theater will be closed? That is plan B that we are looking at, and it is unacceptable. I am here to say to you and everyone watching, save the seats of the Castro Theater. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Is there any other public comment? There's none. Thank you. Uh, next item, please. Item 8, Director's Report. This is a discussion item. All right. Uh, good evening, Commissioners. Uh, so a couple of updates for you um, on the economic recovery front, um, just to keep you posted on a couple things at the state level. Uh, there was an effort to try to extend um, alcohol sales in San Francisco until 4 o'clock on uh, Saturdays, Sundays, and some holidays, uh, and until 3 a.m. Uh, for some of the other days. Uh, unfortunately, that state bill that was uh, sponsored by um, Senator Weiner didn't make it through the state legislature. Um, however, I'm sure that there will be other efforts to, um, again, try to help with uh, uh, economic recovery um, in general. 
The other um, update that is related to um, liquor licenses, um, so the ABC has announced um, an upcoming or an, actually an application window for type 87 liquor licenses in San Francisco. And just as a reminder, these are uh, full restaurant liquor licenses exclusively for businesses in our outer neighborhood corridors. Um, and um, while uh, type 47 licenses um, are uh, only available on the secondary market in our city right now, um, type 87 licenses are available directly from ABC. Um, I guess the price is uh, around $16,000. Um, just a note that the licenses for the Bayview and Terraville streets, um, they have already uh, been claimed. So the new licenses won't actually be available in those corridors, uh, but they are, the Type 87s are still available in Excelsior, Portola, Visitation Valley, and on Ocean Avenue and Noriega Street. Um, so the application window is from uh, September 19th through September 30th. And although the application fee is quite high, um, unsuccessful applicants will have uh, the fees refunded uh, minus uh, $100 service um, charge. So just want to make sure everyone is aware of that. Um, again, the application window from September 19th through the 30th. Um, the other update I wanted to share with this group here is around shared spaces. And just to make sure everyone um, understands uh, what will be happening in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, there have been some changes recently, especially since the last presentation that this commission received. So what we understand is that the MTA uh, will email um, a notice to all shared spaces operators um, explaining in great detail their individual assessment for each shared space. And it'll be followed by a compliance advisory, which you all know of as a single bill of health. Um, and it's supposed to be in inboxes, email inboxes by October 1st. So there'll be two things, but they all go together. Um, and the MTA notice just explains in greater detail what is in the compliance advisory. Um, as a reminder, applications for the permanent shared space, uh, they are due November 1st, um, but you do need to submit um, as part of that application um, drawings that don't have to be done by an architect, um, they can be hand-drawn, um, that explains uh, how the, the new shared space will uh, comply on a permanent basis with our city's design guidelines. And then just as a reminder, the financial assistance is available through equity grants from the planning department. So the applications are currently um, uh, up on their website. And an updated manual will also be available soon. So that will contain additional drawings and also checklists to help businesses prepare for um, their various applications. So that's on shared spaces and um, I'm sure that we'll be hearing uh, more on that front soon. And then lastly, just wanted to share um, on you know, behalf of OEWD and I know there's been a lot of interest in economic core um, activation and economic recovery in San Francisco. Uh, recently, OEWD had issued a request for proposals uh, for activities such as pop-up events or other activities that will generate um, interest from people in San Francisco as well as from the region. So that was about $6 million that was included as part of this fiscal year's budget. And um, that process is well underway, so award letters should be going out soon. Um, and our office is um, gearing up to assist with um, as much of the economic core activation as we possibly can. Um, as well as in other neighborhoods. So those are the updates for um, this meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Any commissioner comments or questions? Is there any public comment? There's none. 
Seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item nine, commissioner discussion and new business. This is a discussion item. Any commissioner new business? Commissioner Huey. Um, I just wanted to give an update on the survey. Um, let's see, so the survey went out, I think it was just like last week. It was last week, and we've already gotten quite a few respondents. Oh, that's great. So we have, um, as of this morning, we had 206 responses. Wow. And so that's a lot. I mean, given that I can give you the numbers for um, the total responses last time. Um, Especially when we consider I haven't tweeted it yet. Oh, I know. Well, that's going <laughs> to just blow this whole survey up. <laughs> Hopefully. Get ready for at least three more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So last time in total, we had 579, so we're pretty good right now. We're well on our way. Mm -hmm. mm. And I think an opportunity that we have right now, well, a couple of opportunities is, I think, um, for all of us to hopefully be able to send it out directly to our networks again. I think that was really successful last time. Um, it gives us an opportunity to reach out to people as well that we haven't spoken to or you know, been in touch with maybe recently. And um, just to kind of remind them that we're here, we want to hear what you know, how they're doing, and, um, and also be able to, you know, perhaps schedule time to, to talk further. Yeah. So I think that was a real um, opportunity for us last time was to really reach out to people who we've been wanting to talk to and perhaps hadn't had the time. So, um, so that's one opportunity is, um, I think Carrie had sent um, an email already. We I can, can send one tomorrow too, just that you guys can forward to people if that's helpful. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, the other, the second opportunity is I was looking at the numbers for last time and, you know, we made great efforts um, both in the original survey as well as this time to accommodate for um, different languages. And so last time the, there were 27 that were, res that were responded in, in Spanish, three in Chinese, two in Korean, two in Vietnamese, and one in Japanese. And so, you know, I think that's an opportunity for us to really consider how do we how do we gauge like the need as well as how do we meet those needs um, and you know we can kind of use those types of channels and you know the understanding from it um, for future communications as well from from our office so I think um, Carrie had suggested perhaps pulling out the intro in in the language and then using that as an email as we you know, email it out to the communities that we might be personally connected to, which, you know, I understand, like, not all of us are connected to every, you know, <laughs> community. So I think um, knowing who might, you know, appreciate it and just the intro, at least completely in Spanish, or, you know, we can, um, we can also do that in some of my networks in Chinese and things like that and see if we can kind of capture more um, voices. So um, I think those are, those are really hopeful numbers. I'm excited to see what type of um, information we have. And I you know, also want to thank um, Professor Chowdhury again <laughs> for all of her time and help yes. on this effort. She has been really amazing to work with. And she also has a research assistant, Tanaz, who has really been on it as well. So you know, they delivered these over the, <laughs> over the summer. They worked on it over the summer quite early in the fall right now, and so I really appreciate her help from San Francisco State University. Um, second piece that I have is also 
that um, oh, Autumn Moon Festival is, it, well, Saturday night, I believe, was Autumn Moon, right? I'm like being a bad Chinese American right now, but I'm questioning it. But, but you know, the season kind of continues. And so um, on the west side in the Richmond district, we'll be celebrating Autumn Moon um, on September 17th. No, September 17th. So um, I hope you know you guys will come out and check out the festival. This time around, we have a lot of um, artists and vendors. I think from the local neighborhood as well as others that are um, perhaps like API um, identifying artists and vendors um, at the at the festival. So that is pretty much I think all I got. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Commissioner Dickerson. to hear me first. <clears throat> but I thought it would be good for you all to know um, how our retreat went. U3FIT has our annual retreat we do. We, we haven't been able to do it for three years due to the pandemic. But what makes this such a unique um, experience is a three-night, four-day um, in, in Nevada City at a conference center. Um, and out of the 50, I'm sorry, out of the 62 that participated, 38 were from Bayview. Wow. And they were influencers. And when I say influencers, I'm talking about doctors, people on staff, even here. And um, many influencers that were able to integrate with even some of the young people up in Oakdale that are being serviced by City of Dreams who partnered with U3FIT to make sure that the young people were sponsored and fully paid for for this retreat. But at the retreat, what made this so unique and I believe significant to um, the small U3FIT being a small business in the Bayview is that we took time to um, life coach. We had everything from psychologists to psychiatrists who we would have some of these sessions that were so intense, but they were able to really let some things go. Because I think what's really underestimated in especially the Bayview and the African-American community is the effect of trauma and the, the inability to deal with it in the masses, um, which is very challenging. In this particular setting, there were so many that were able to talk about it in a non-judgmental atmosphere with people who were there to give the support necessary. But what made this so unique is that these were influencers. These were, these were not just people who you know, you know, do their 95. These are people who are in the communities who have staff who are either leaders, supervisors, or business owners that participated at this retreat. And so I am, I feel so, um, honored that just not even just the people who attended, but it was the ripple effect of it when everything was done. So we come home and there were a number of shootings. Um, one of the young ladies who came to our retreat got shot and we still don't know where she's at today. Or I mean, we don't, I mean, she's, she's not conscious. We're still waiting to hear from what the doctor's going to say. But the ripple effect of being able to really be hands-on with some of these people and help them deal with the traumas, how they responded, was the outreach. And I started getting emails and text messages of people saying if they had not 
been in that type of environment, they don't know how they would have been able to handle the impact of the deaths that took place um, over the past two weeks. And there's been eight. I'm not sure if you all are aware. But one of the families, there was four out of one family that lost um, a family member. And so my heart is really burdened with um, being able to provide more life coaching, health and wellness services for the Bayview specifically to specifically address the trauma that goes unnoticed and minimized. And U3Fit is willing to, because it's not comfortable and it's, it's hard and it's, it's, the, it's the kind of work that um, people don't jump to do but I believe it's worth it, and U3Fit is committed to creating that plan and program. Um, and I already have three other companies that are committed to the sponsorship of this to um, be available through um, multiple programs that are, we are now working on creating. Um, more of the retreats, because sometimes you gotta get people out of their space so that they can really see what's going on, so that they have fresh eyes when they come back. So uh, fortunately, uh, uh, we were able to book for next year, and we're already booked, so that's a good thing. But we're, it's a small part in the volume of people that are here in San Francisco, but I believe it's very influential because it's necessary to um, bring healing to those that they just don't know where to go or what to do and it affects everybody on every level. So um, I just wanna say U3Fit Revive Retreat was a success, and um, I'm grateful for the partnerships that we have now, and uh, we had 62 at this event. We already have 80 plans <laughs> that's already on the books for RSVP next year. I don't know if we could take all these people, but we are gonna do our best <laughs> to do that. Um, and then um, just how, um, uh, people are finding, I'm so grateful for Katie and bring an acknowledgement to what we had to deal with this weekend. We had a shooting in front of U3Fit. And uh, we were fortunate to be able to be a safe space for the families that had been affected by the murder and the victims of these families. And so, um, of course, I'm in support of promoting small business, but my heart is really burdened with the people who just need somebody to be there. And um, so I'm just, I'm glad to be there on 3rd and Newcomb in the heart of the Bayview because I believe that there's a purpose for it. And um, so thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you for sharing that information. It's really important for everyone to hear and know about. So thank you. Commissioner Dickerson, I know you are proud to be there. I know that that community is lucky to have you there. I know the work that you are doing and what you're doing to help facilitate the healing from that trauma is critical and it's so important and so meaningful. 
you know, I, we know now through science that um, one of the most meaningful ways to address depression is through exercise, um, that it can often be more effective than, than any medication. Um, the leadership you're showing here for a community that's in crisis is just absolutely, it's beautiful. And they're lucky to have you, and we're lucky to have you on this commission. To, to and, and I'm so grateful that you're telling us about what's going going on, because truth is, I, I didn't know. Now I do. Um, you know, uh, public safety issues have, have hit a couple of us uh, recently. And... Uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, as we look at the, at the next year going forward, uh, that's probably an opportunity that's, that's ripe for us to look for ways that we can play the same sort of constructive role that you're playing in, the, in, in your community right now. How can we help heal the city? How can we help get people to a better place? Um, maybe make things a little bit better? We can't pass any laws. We can't tell anybody what to do, but I think this commission's really good at giving good advice and good feedback. And I would just like to encourage you um, to keep sharing that story. I, I feel honored to hear it. Uh, and, and I would like to find a way for this commission to help support you in that work and help amplify that work across all, all the communities in the city because we all need it. So thank you. Is there any public comment? There's none. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item. Item 10, adjournment. SFGov TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. We will end with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about the policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco, and that the Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with small business matters, continue to reach out to the Office of Small Business. Meeting adjourned.